Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. episode of Geek Vibes Live. I'm your host, Juwan, and today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. With summer right around the corner, the time is now to look and feel fresh, especially below the waist. Think about all the upcoming pool parties, beach days, road trips, and backyard barbecues, and to ensure that you are ready to capitalize when the right situation presents itself, visit manscaped.com. Manscaped.com takes the risk out of manscaping thanks to precision-engineered tools, which are optimized for male grooming and hygiene. As seen on Shark Tank, visit manscaped.com to find out why they are number one in men's below-the-waist grooming. You'll want to keep an eye out for the Perfect Package 2.0 kit that includes the Lawnmower 2.0, an electric trimmer worthy of getting up close and personal below the waistline, which features skin-safe technology to ensure a nick-free manscaping experience. Get 20% off, free shipping, and a free travel bag with promo code GeekVibes20 at Manscaped.com. Again, the promo code is GeekVibes20 at Manscaped.com. We once again want to thank Manscaped for sponsoring us. And without further ado, back to our regular scheduled program. Um, Let me introduce our panel. First up, uh, Tia, what's going on, Tia? How are you doing today, Joan? Excited to be here for another awesome episode of GeekVibes Live. Absolutely, and we took a break from doing three podcasts in one day, so just two, Tia. I think two is is, is good for the course of one day, right? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. And without further ado, uh, the man who used the Lawnmower 2.0 to uh, design the Superman logo on his chest, Kanan, what's going on, Kanan? Uh, I actually have used the Lawnmower 2.0. Um, I don't know that I used it for a Superman in my chest, but uh, it is a great product. And they also have uh, some cologne that smells really good. And, I mean, they have they have a lot of other good uh, products as well. So uh, 20% off free shipping and that free uh, bag that comes with it. It's a pretty good deal. But otherwise, um, I'm doing really good. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you guys take advantage of that 20% off. Uh, Manscaped has a lot of great stuff. And think of it like this. If you don't need it, it's an amazing gift for somebody. Um, Dad, uncle, son, whatever. Um, So make sure you guys check that out. But all right, let's get right into it. Let's get right into our trailer talk. We got a lot of trailers to talk about, so let's get right into it. Let's start off with Hobbs and Shaw. They had their final trailer for a movie that still weirdly doesn't come out for another month. Um, So I thought that was (laughs) A little early to give us your last one, but I assume as Kanan always tells me, it's just TV spots from here on out. Um, but Kanan, I want to start with you, and I want to start with this question. I have always felt as though these first three trailers have shown a lot, and the reason why I thought it showed a lot was because there was going to be something in this movie that was that was so under lock and key would blow our minds. 
seemingly The Rock has come out and said um, pretty much what a lot of people were speculating um, is not true. So my question is, if what we thought was going to be the big surprise of this movie is not in it, do you kind of feel like you've seen all of this movie throughout these three trailers? So it's kind of like if there's nothing else for me to look forward to, not really paying my money to go see this movie. I don't think I would put much stock into what The Rock said. I think that if what was leaked is true, I think The Rock is going to try to do everything he can to make it seem like it's not because, it, you know, people would probably feel like it was it was ruined. Um, we've seen, you know, actors say, oh, this isn't in it or this is in it, and then, you know, it ends up not, you know, ends up being one or the other. Um, that being said, I think there is definitely going to be something in this movie that we've not seen that's going to justify them showing pretty much the entire movie. This last trailer I thought was the best one, uh, but if you were to go back and watch every single trailer that they put out so far, you could pretty much put the piece together of the movie from beginning to middle to end. Um, you may not know the outcome, but you pretty much know exactly what's going to be in the movie. Um, and I'm not, you know, I don't think this so much is going to hurt it um, because I think there's a lot of interest in this movie because of who's, you know, the actors that are in it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there. If I go watch this movie and nothing big happens other than some of the stuff, you know, that one thing that was forward, I won't go into that because uh, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But other than that, if a couple of other things aren't in this and this is it, I'm just like, well, you know, it, it is what it is. I can still have a good time at the movie, but I'm going to sit there and ask myself, why did you feel the need that you had to show the entire movie um, in the trailers? Because these have been long trailers. These have not been – I think the second one was like, you know, near over three minutes. It was like three minutes at least, uh, and this other one showed quite a bit as well. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to need – you know, something big. And I think that's going to be, because like I said, you know, I just can't see why they would need to spoil the movie. Yeah. See, to, to me, Tannen, you know what it reminds me of? Remember when Fox was, was coming out swearing up and down, Deadpool wasn't in Logan, Deadpool has nothing to do with Logan, and turns out before the movie it was a priest credit screen. I, I don't know how you would call it. I guess a pre-credit screen. Um, so technically they weren't wrong, but Deadpool was still attached to the beginning of the movie. Um, you're completely right. And uh, Canon, me and you talk about this all the time. We don't really take stock when actors or directors uh, usually deny things that we've heard a lot of chatter about um, because that's their job. Like if, if that's ruined, then what point is there to go see the movie? So I would understand The Rock kind of saying, no, 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 he's not in the movie. It has nothing to do with the movie. We'd love to work with him down the road, but don't look for it in there. I get that. Um, but the thing that's most confusing about how much they've shown us is I kind of feel like a movie that has The Rock and Jason Statham, and it's an action movie, and you're adding in Idris Elba, you don't really need to sell us that much. So I kind of feel like if you have to show us that much, it's, I usually say it's because you're not that confident in the movie. Like, you have to oversell it. Um, and I always think that's the worst possible thing to do because, to me, someone who loves marketing, that puts me off completely. 
if I can, like you said, through three trailers, piece it together to where I'm like, all right, this is when they first get started. This is when Idris comes in. This is when they get beat up. This is when he goes home. And now this is the final battle. If I could piece all that together, I'm not paying $15 to go to this theater to, uh, to kind of piece together something I already did on my own. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I will say, Kanan, I want to ask you this before I pass it to you, Tia. Do you think, Kanan, the best thing, the best thing I think the franchise, the fast franchise should do is stop killing these villains off and build up to like a huge movie where maybe it's whatever villains Hobbs and Shaw have built up versus whatever villains the fast, uh, you know, franchise on its own has built up and do just like a, a good guy versus bad guy, you know, big come together movie. Um, do you think they would do a uh, kind of, what would you call it, world-building MCU kind of thing? Or do you think, like, Vin Diesel and The Rock are so done with each other that we'll probably never see those those two worlds come together again? I don't think that they're so done with each other that we won't see those worlds come together because The Rock has had issues with actors before, and at the end of the day, he's a businessman. He's about getting the job done, and I think that they can – uh, they can make it work. I think they can put aside their differences to act in the movie together. And you technically really don't even need them in the same scene, so you could still have them both in the movie and not interact with one another. Um, you could even have Vin Diesel do all of his lines to someone else and have The Rock do all of his lines to someone else, and then you could just merge them into the movie like they do um, you know, actors who, uh, you know, like in The Hobbit, half of that movie was uh, them doing their scenes with someone else and then them putting in uh, Ian McKellen and him doing his lines with someone else. So they weren't even in the, they weren't even like talking to each other while they were filming the movie. Um, but uh, they are, okay, you talked about the rumor. The Rock debunked the rumor. I still believe that that rumor is going to be true because. I've heard that they are building to something else. And the Fast and the Furious movies haven't really killed their main villain. If you go back and think about it, um, Shaw's brother, Shaw himself, and even Charlize Theron's character, they're all part of a intro- – you know, they it was Shaw working you know, for her, and then Shaw came in because of you know, what he thought Vin Diesel and them did to his brother. It's all part of a big mastermind. And they're really taking the Fast and the Furious franchise into the levels of the James Bond movies, where these movies have all had one puppeteer, and that was Blofeld. Well, there's one puppeteer who's pulling the strings for everybody, even Charlize Theron's character, and that person is the person that you know may or may not be in this film. So they are going that route, and that is what I've heard we would see in this movie um, towards the end that there would be one guy pulling the strings or one woman, not to spoil it. Um, but if you know The Rock's comments, then you probably already know who I'm talking about. But, yeah, so they are going that route, and they are building this franchise. And as long as these movies keep making billions of dollars like they have, they're going to keep making them. And I think Hobbs and Shaw is going to make a lot of money. I think it's going to it's coming out in a prime spot in August. I think it's going to do really well. Uh, but they are, to answer your question, though, yes, they are they are building that, and I don't think you're going to see. I think you'll see the Shaw brothers probably side with Hobbs and, and Vin Diesel's character. Uh, I don't know where uh, 
Charlene's uh, Theron's character. The what I think she, was she Cyber, I think is what her name was. I don't yeah. know where she. Well, I don't know where her loyalty will lie. If she'll be on the side of this mystery person. Uh, but dude, if they showed this, oh my gosh, everybody out there that's saying this franchise is dead, kill it, it should have died with Paul Walker. Just wait, just wait. I'm telling you, you will, you'll flip the script. And you'll have so much hype for this movie. And I, I want it to happen so bad. So let's, fingers crossed that it does. Yeah, I will say that the the one great thing that this Fast Universe has been able to create for itself now with spinning off Hobbs and Shaw is you, had, you at any point could say, you know what, I'm still going to do Hobbs and Shaw movies, but I want to just do Shaw, where it's um, – where it's him, his brother, and his sister, and they're going through things. Maybe it's what happened to them before the events of the Fast and Furious movies. So you just you've given yourself so much cushion to just create multiple spinoffs in this universe. Um, and I'm pretty sure if Michelle Rodriguez has her way, there'll be an all female Fast and Furious uh, franchise at some point very soon. Because um, she was very specific about wanting to be more female centric with some of these movies. So I could see Vin Diesel saying, go ahead, take your own franchise um, and, and, you know, do something great with that. Um, so I'm pretty sure that could, could happen soon, but I'm with you. I, I don't think it, it's going to die anytime soon. I just think it's going to soon get ridiculous. And that's where my issue comes in. Um, but if it's done right, I'm here for it. Um, so, you know, let's, let, let's see where it goes. But Tia, um, your thoughts on the final trailer? Do you think it, it gave too much away? Um, and how interested are you in this whole universe going forward? Well, I will say that I have not really kept up with the Fast and Furious movies, so I guess not very interested at all. But I will say that I watched the trailer, and I just thought that, and I think we we've definitely talked about this before, but. Um, it's kind of ridiculous, right? I mean, what technology do they have in this, like, separate, like, kind of Hobbs and, Hobbs and Shaw universe? Because anytime Idris Elba is on camera, I'm thinking that we're in some sort of, like, sci-fi action movie or something like that. But I don't know if it necessarily gave too much of the plot away. Um, I think that they heavily focused on a lot of the action in this movie. And then when they mentioned about all the cars that they were going to need, I felt like that was a direct connection to kind of let you know, like, Hey, this is still in the fast and furious uh, franchise. I mean, that's what it, you know, the foundation has been onto all these like insane car chases. I did like, um, and maybe I guess they gave this away, but I did like in the trailer that, it seemed like they're going to Hawaii and you had the rock there with all the other Hawaiians. And I thought that was super cool. And all I could think of in my head is, man, we should have gotten Jason Momoa for this because this would have been so freaking awesome. But uh, yeah, I guess again, not very interested in the uh, future of the franchise. I will say that if uh, Vin Diesel and the rock have such a problem with each other, they could just go the route that the actor who played Braun and the actress who played Cersei on Game of Thrones do because, you know, they're, they were in the same series but never in a scene together because they had dated and couldn't stand each other. So 
you could just have them be in the same movie just in separate scenes or do what Kanan said and you just mesh that together with the uh, ability of technology now. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because when I first saw Idris Elba, I was, that was when I kind of felt the, they're starting to go a little ridiculous here. I told you guys the running joke of I'm pretty sure sooner or later they're going to end up going to space. They're going to end up having to go back in time. Uh, Vin Diesel's going to. That's what I'm saying. Uh, he's he's going to turn into the Hulk. Then it's going to be like, oh, the MCU is now part of that. Like, it's going to get ridiculous at some point because it just has to. You're going to run out of things you can do. Um, that's why I'm, I'm really curious to see what Mission Impossible does because it's like at some point, Tom, you've done everything. <laughs> like, you're going to run out of stuff to jump off of, jump into, jump from. Like, at some point, he's going to be like, all right, now he's, like, part of Transformers, and he's hopping off of Optimus. Like, it, it's going to get there. Um, but, you know, Kanan, I will say, wait, I haven't – go ahead. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. That actually would be kind of dope if they did a Transformers and a Fast and Furious mixture because it's all about cars. And you can have the cars that they're driving are all the freaking Autobots. But not only is it their mode of transportation, but it's also their allies in the fight against the enemy. I I hear where you're coming from, but let me just say this. <laughs> don't don't put that out there. Don't, please don't put that out there. Last thing we need is Vin Diesel going, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, we could do Transformers, Fast and the Furious uh, crossover. We don't need it. No, Vin Diesel. Stop it. Stop it. Um, just thinking, like, seeing Vin Diesel punch a robot would completely suspend my, my need to see any more of these movies. Um, but, yeah, they have set themselves up in a really good position to where they, they can do as many as, as they want, um, you know, because you now have spinoffs and, and stuff like that. But let's move on. we got other stuff to talk about. Let's move on to Charlie's Angels. Um, I believe this movie, Canon, see it, correct me if I'm wrong, directed by Elizabeth Banks. Um, she also stars in it. Um, this movie looks whatever. I mean, <laughs> I saw a lot of people hating on it, and I'm like, I thought the original one with um, Lucy Liu, Drew Barry, uh, was it? no, is it Drew Barrymore? Yeah, Drew Barrymore and um, Cameron Diaz. I thought that was just whatever. That was just a popcorn flick. Like, it, it wasn't anything special. Are- that wasn't the original. Those Charlie's Angels movies are good, dude. Those weren't the originals either. No, 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 no. There was an original TV show. I just mean for like my generation, our quote unquote original was that one, because um, we weren't watching the the TV show. Um, but I mean, I, I watch them. It just depends on the person. Like, if you can go into these movies knowing that like Meryl Streep isn't the the villain and Julia Roberts isn't you know, uh, one, like, they're not Oscar, they're not looking for an Oscar. So, when you tell me, like, oh, man, that, that looks super corny. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what it's going to be. Um, but, I mean, it it looks like it's going to be somewhat fun or, or enjoyable, I guess. But, Kanan, you were, you were saying something. What, what were you saying? I was saying that I, I really like the, uh, um, the new movie or the movies that came out or whatever with Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, and Cameron Diaz. I really like those movies. Um, so I mean, I, I enjoyed them. I mean, I guess they were 
popcorn flakes, but I mean, I thought they were, I thought they were really well done. Yeah, no, I don't have any issues with it, but I'm saying people that were complaining about this, I'm like, well, if you're saying your favorite was the Cameron Diaz one, like, let's be honest, they were good for what they were, but come on now, like, the the bar wasn't set super high um, for this new Charlie's Angel. I think this one's getting a lot of hate because people don't like Kristen Stewart. They're so jealous of her for some reason, or they think she's a terrible actress. And I just think that anything she's in, it's scrutinized, like, way too much. Um, and, I mean, I really don't get it. Maybe because of the, the Twilight movies, perhaps. I mean, but, I mean, I've seen some other films that she was in, especially, um, I ha- you know, I hate that I have that I supported him, but that uh, movie um, that she did with uh, Jesse Eisenberg um, the, from Max Landis, um, was really good, and I, I thought she did a really good job in that movie. I can't think of the name. I wish I could think of it. Um, uh, it's slipping my mind, but oh well. Um, just look up Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Kristen Stewart, and you'll see it. It's a really good movie. Um, but no, I mean, I think I think that's the reason why everybody's hating on it. And you know, to be honest, I haven't really gotten a chance to watch the trailer, so I can't really talk much about it. But I do look forward to hearing what Tia has to say about it. All right, well, Kanan's definitely going to watch it while me and Tia talk. Um, but, yeah, she does get she does get a lot of uh, scrutiny. But to me, it's kind of just like, um, first of all, it's the Twilight movies, depending on where your headspace was during the time of, of when those movies came out, I saw all of them. I didn't think, I thought her acting was just bland. Like, I thought, um, you know how, like, sometimes you'll watch a Will Smith movie and it's kind of like, well, he didn't really need to read a script. He's literally just being Will Smith. Um, I kind of just felt like her personality might be very bland, and she was just playing That's herself. That's because those movies screen. are bland. That's because those movies are bland. I, comp- I, like, I would completely agree with that. Like uh, like Kellen Lutz and uh, Robert Pattinson, they're better actors than, than what those movies portray them to be. Um, and they, uh, Peter Fascinelli, he's a much better actor. In fact, he was, he wasn't that bad in that, but I mean, there's so many better actors. Uh, you had, Mar- you had, uh, Martin Sheen or whatever, and he's a better actor than really what they had him in, um, in that, in those movies. So those movies cannot define who, you know, who those actors are. You have to go ahead and watch other stuff. If all you've watched is them in the, the Twilight movies, then I really bad for you because you're missing out on a lot of other, um, you know, great works. Like Robert Pattinson in Water for Elephants, he's great in that movie. Um, he's, I mean, like I said, Kristen Stewart's really good. And uh, I think she's even in a movie with um, Adventureland. I, think, I thought she was really good in that, if, that's, if yeah. I'm thinking of the right movie there. So, I mean, there's a lot of other movies that, these actors have been in. So if you, and cause it goes back to like when everybody, when that thing came out about Batgirl, they wanted a Kristen Stewart type. Everybody was like, Oh my God, I don't want Kristen Stewart to be Batgirl. Like we would be so lucky to have Kristen Stewart as Batgirl. Like, Oh my gosh. Like I mean, it probably won't happen because now that Robert Pattinson is Batman, uh, right. unless they, right. you know, squash their issues with each other. But I mean, you, we would be lucky to have her. I mean, cause I'm telling you, dude, if Marvel snatched her up, you, I mean, people would be like, oh, my God, look how great she is. I mean, it would just be a totally different thing. People would see what, you know, DC was missing out on. So don't knock an actress or an actor just because you didn't like the movie that they were. 
I'll say this uh, to, to that exact point you just made. Uh, then I'm going to go to you, Tia. Um, the first movie I saw Eric Bana in was The Incredible Hulk. And that is easily in my top five worst movies ever created. Um, and I, I didn't think he was a good actor. I then saw him in other movies, and I was like, oh, that movie was just bad. It wasn't him. Like, it wasn't his fault. Um, so, I mean, just open your mind. Like, if, if someone came to me and was like, yo, check out this Eric Banner movie, I hope at the time I wasn't like, no, 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 did you see Incredible Hulk? It was horrible. Like, there's no way I'm watching anything with it. Just open your mind. I'm so like, sorry. I'm so sorry, Juwan, that your first experience with Eric Bana was the Hulk. That dude is a terrific actor, um, and I'm so glad that you went and watched other movies. But I'm sorry that you had to had to experience him first by watching the Hulk movie. Yeah, and you know it's funny. I still think one of the most enjoyable scenes in the superhero movie for me was when he was battling those huge wolf dogs. Um, but yeah, that was my first time seeing Eric Bana was from The Incredible Hulk. Um, and as you can imagine, if that was the only movie you ever saw him in, you were kind of like, nah, nah, I'm good off this guy. This is horrible. Um, they found a way, they found a way to make Nick Nolte <laughs> almost unbearable. <laughs> like that movie was just really bad. Um, but yeah, I, I then at some point went and saw his other movies and I'm like, I'm glad I did. Uh, he's a really, really, really good actor that I would love to see incorporated to the MCU or the, the DC universe at some point. Um, so yeah, with Kristen Stewart, just open your mind, open your mind, just enjoy her for whatever movie she's doing at the current time. Don't hold her, uh, don't hold things against her from the past. That's all I'm saying. But Tia, first of all, tell us how much you hated Twilight and (laughs) tell us your thoughts on the Charlie's Angels, uh, trailer. Oh, well, now I feel kind of bad for saying all this, but I really dislike Kristen Stewart. Um, not based on really the Twilight movies. Obviously, a lot stems from that. I actually never watched the Twilight movies. I, like, started reading the book when I was younger and, like, closed it because it was so poorly written, and I absolutely hated the Twilight movement, but I'm not going to go into that because that my dislike of Twilight and how it's of Fifty Shades of Grey could literally last two hours, so I'm just not going to get into it, but I'm going to focus on the trailer at hand. Um, Yeah, there was nothing really about the trailer that had me excited. It just seems like they were using the Charlie's Angel uh, namesake to put these young actresses in just to kind of make a few bucks, essentially, because to me, it just, and again, not that we should hold the former uh, Charlie's Angels to any sort of like huge high standards. I'm just saying that it just wasn't exciting for me. I do find Kristen Stewart very bland. I have seen other works of hers, probably not the one that you're talking about, Kanan, because it seems like you really enjoyed her in this one movie. And I do trust your uh, opinions when it comes to movies and TV shows, but at least as far as the things that I've seen and then even in this trailer, I mean, it just didn't – I mean, she looked great, right? Her outfits were awesome. Her hair was awesome. Like, aesthetically, like, Kristen Stewart is awesome, but I just didn't feel any sort of jive or energy from her in the trailer. It really did nothing for me. They were making it because – and it was supposed to seem like this, like, you know, 
fun, uh, action-packed, badass uh, movie, and it just never felt like that to me. The Pretty much the only enjoyable part of the trailer was seeing Patrick Stewart in it, for me at least. So I have to say that I will not be going to the theaters to go see Charlie's Angels and probably won't see it at home either. No, I mean, listen, I I have absolutely, excuse me, no, um, like, I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, it, it is essentially just a popcorn flick. <laughs> Not all popcorn flicks are something that you need to pay money to go see. I'm sure once this movie comes out, uh, what month did it say it was, it was supposed to come out, Kanan? I think it said later, like, what, September, October? I think it said. Uh, Not sure. I think it's uh, yeah. I think it was supposed to come out uh, the same day as Terminator, and I think they moved it to the yeah yeah. It was supposed to come out November first. They moved it to the fifteenth, November fifteenth. Okay. So I can almost mm-hmm. guarantee you, Tia, this not only will be out on DVD um, somewhat quickly. Uh, I guarantee you, HBO will jump at uh, you know debuting it on on their network maybe around. March or April of next year. So if you're like, yeah, I'll just wait till I see it on like HBO or whatever, I completely understand it. I'd understand if someone wanted to do that for Hobbs and Shaw. Um, I'm just intrigued by it. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Banks directing it, also starring in it. Don't usually like that. Um, but I do want to see what she's able to do with this. I'm a huge fan of Naomi Scott, um, not from Power Rangers, but more so from what she, uh, the liberties they took with her in Aladdin. Um, and I don't know who the other girl is. I could have sworn I've seen her in something. Um, but I mean, it, it looks interesting enough to where like random Saturday afternoon, I might go see it. Um, but Kanan, have you seen it since we've been talking? No, I haven't had a chance to watch it. Okay. All right. Kanan doesn't have any interest. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I, do, I do have interest, I do have interest, but I haven't, no, I haven't had a chance to watch it. All right, no, it's okay. I, I read through the lines. You have no interest. It's okay. I, I I love you. All right, let's move on. Let's talk um, the trailer I just actually saw today, thanks to, to Cannon telling me about it, Midway. Um, that was a really, really good trailer. Um, Cannon, I'll let you kick this off. Uh, your thoughts on the trailer for Midway, that is stacked with uh, talent, by the way. Oh, definitely. Uh, the movie's got a lot more people in it than uh, you know than I thought was going to be in it because I'd, I'd heard about it, but I wasn't sure of the exact cast. But I mean, it's got Woody Harrelson. Um, it's got uh, Ed Screen, uh, which looks like he's going to be the um, kind of the the main um, the main character. It looks like he's going to be the lead, um, so to speak. And it's got Patrick Wilson, uh, but it's uh, it, it's a you know it's set you know during the period of World War II uh, during uh, Pearl Harbor and then subsequently the attack on Midway um, you know shortly after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Uh, so it it looks it's from uh, oh is Roland Emmerich, uh, which I mean a lot of people. When the trailer came out, you know, liked the trailer, but they didn't really like so much that he was attached to it. 
Um, but I thought it looked really good. I think it's got a promising cast, and you know sometimes that can carry a movie. I mean sometimes it can, you know, the cast can be really good, but the movie not be that great. So I'm looking forward to it. I love uh, war movies, uh, big into history, so I'm hoping that they get it um, as historically accurate as possible. And uh, no, I mean it's good. I, I can't remember the last time a really good war movie came out. Uh, maybe that movie with Andrew Garfield. Uh, but other than that, uh, it was a good trailer. What did you think? I loved it, man. Um, and I'll say this again because I will defend this movie till till the death of me. I love Patrick Wilson. I don't get why he is not talked about more uh, than he is. Um, Patrick Wilson is a really, really good actor. Um, and, again, he is another actor that, depending on what you saw him in, um, see more of his movies. Don't just hold the one thing that you might have saw him in uh, and thought um, he was necessarily bad in. Like, watch all of his movies or a few of his movies. Really good actor, Kanan. You know how much I loved him in Aquaman. I even told you guys, and you guys all said I was I was completely out of my mind. I told you I was shook more from his performance as um, Ocean Master than I was from Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger. That's how much I love Patrick Wilson as an actor. Um, so as soon as I saw he was in it, that's literally all you would have had to have told me, and I was sold. Um, but then when you watch the trailer, it's just powerful. The visual. Uh, by the way, Kanan, um, were really, really, really good. Um, the one thing that I was, wasn't was really too sure on was, was when I saw Mandy Moore. I was kind of just like, huh, all right, yeah, sure, okay. Well, well let's see what this what this is about. Um, but, yeah, it, it has really, really, really good actors top to bottom, and this movie looks like it's going to be really good. I do want to ask you, Kanan, if I pass it to Tia, Oscar contention, or, or are we being too prisoner of the moment? Uh, I think it's a little too early to say because, like I said, it's it's going to have to have some strong performances for it to be um, a contender. I I think people t- tend to kind of get drawn into that um, because of uh, like you, you know like we said the cast you know how how good the trailer looked and you know based on somebody that we feel, you know, is deserving of something. You know, like you said, you're a really big Patrick Wilson fan, so maybe you feel like he deserves an Oscar nod. Um, you know, but I think it's still too early. Like I said, for some reason, I, I feel like a lot of people enjoyed the trailer, but they were knocking on Roland Emmerich being the director. So I don't know if maybe that's going to, um, you know, have some bearing. Um, but no, as far as, you know, like you said, Luke, Luke Evans, I forgot to mention him. He's actually in the movie. Uh, Dennis Quaid's in the film. Uh, it actually has Nick Jonas, Aaron Eckhart. Uh, I'm trying to look through here and see who else is in it. But, no, I mean, this this movie's got a stacked cast. I think it's just going to have to um, – I think it's just really going to have to bring its A game. It's going to have to really impress the critics because critics like, you know, accurate war films. That's why I think – and it necessarily doesn't even have to really be accurate because Saving Private Ryan wasn't – really accurate, but that movie was such a strong put-together film, uh, top to bottom from actor to director, uh, and I think that's what this needs. You can't just really go into this film and it just be all about action. I mean, there really has to be some story. I think some of the best World War II or war films out there, um, people love Dunkirk. Um, 
you got Saving Private Ryan. I think Thin Red, Thin Red Line was really good. A, a movie that wasn't an Oscar Oscar contender, but I thought was really good was Black Hawk Down. Um, had a strong yes. cast. Uh, uh, that yeah, movie, I'm I think, gets slept on. I think Black Hawk Down gets slept on big time. Uh, but agree. no, like I said, but like I said, I, I think it's just going to have to be one of those movies. I don't want I don't want people to go into it and just be like, oh, it's just another uh, one sided. Uh, kill movie because I think people like to see it from both sides. I think that's why people liked uh, Clint Eastwood's um, um, his uh, he did the uh, Iwo Jima movie. He did the one where it was kind of from the viewpoint of the Americans, and he did one the viewpoint of the Japanese, to where you could see how how both of them, you know, saw war. So um, too too early, too early for sure. But uh, it's definitely a movie that I'm interested in. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you, man. And amen uh, to that Black Hawk Down. That does not get enough love. Um, and I'm really glad that, that you said what you said, Kanan, because that was a really good movie with great talent. Um, but Tia, what, what were your thoughts on, on the uh, trailer for Midway? So um, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I love wartime movies. So I'm really happy that I saw this on our trailer talk and decided to take a look at it. I mean, the cast is stellar. Really great cast, um, and the visuals do look awesome. I like that we're putting, I guess, more of a, a light on Pearl Harbor. I mean, I know that we've had movies, obviously, before Pearl Harbor, um, but a lot of war movies, first of all, most war movies focus on World War II, and a lot of World War II movies that take place in, obviously, Europe um, and focus on that, not a lot focus on Japan, which was kind of nice about, um, was it Hackshaw Ridge or something with Andrew Garfield in it, I think, right? Someone help me out here. Yeah, it was. I think yeah, it was okay. Hackshaw Yeah, it was Hackshaw <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I like that. So, again, what I'm trying to get at is that I like that they're still doing a war movie, but they're doing it from, you know, a, an event that we've obviously heard, but not it's not as focused as much in cinema as the rest of the war. So I did like that. My one concern is, and this is just me being nitpicky, it's not me having anything against the film, it looks so much more of like an action film than it is maybe uh, telling of the history and the historical events that actually happened. So I'm afraid that this movie, when you go see it, is going to be just basically another excuse for, you know, shoot 'em up big airplane fighter moments as opposed to kind of really being historically accurate. And again, that's just me spitballing here just based on this one trailer. I'm not saying that that's going to be how the whole movie is, but that is was just one my one little concern as I was watching the trailer, thinking about if this is this going to be a movie like, um, you know, freaking The Pianist, where it really took its time to develop the story and the emotions, or is this just going to be a movie that we're just going to see constant wall-to-wall action because they just want to get bucks in the seats in theaters pretty much, you know? Like, Dunkirk, I thought, did an awesome job in having both action but also telling a really emotional story and the reality of the horrors that happened during that moment. So that's my only concern with 
uh, Midway's trailer. I will say Midway did seem like, uh, and that's why I, I asked, um, I asked Kane, it does seem like it does want to be taken seriously enough for an Oscar contention. And they know, movies know, too much action, you're just not going to get a nod for it, really. Um, it, it had to be that drama. It has to be that story. It has to be that dialogue. Um, and it looks like it, it's going for that. And I just hope it, it turns out to be as good of a movie as the trailer to me indicated it's it's going to be. But um, we'll have to wait and see. But it's hard to, to compete with things like Dunkirk. Um, that movie was not only crazy long, um, but obviously, you know, anytime uh, Christopher Nolan makes a movie, he's only looking to give you great story. Sometimes not accurate story like, you know, Batman, but good story nonetheless. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to a uh, a trail I know Tia has been waiting to talk about. Um, let's talk about Informer and Tia. I'm actually gonna start with you for this one. What were your thoughts on the trailer for Informer? Well, just to let you know, it's the Informer. Just to let you know, starring Joel Kinnaman, Rosamund Pike, and Clive Owens um, are all in it. Also, Common is in it, in case you guys didn't know. But you know, I love Joel Kinnaman. I think that he is an underrated actor. I know that he's been in a lot of things that haven't done well. And based, you know, we were talking earlier with the whole Kristen Stewart thing. You base actors kind of on a few bad movies that they've done. I know that he was in RoboCop, which I actually really liked. So don't you know, hate me on that. And you know, I like Suicide Squad, but you know, people I think base a lot um, when they think of Joel Kinnaman on those type of performances. But I just like the fact that, again, it's like this, uh, uh, God, I can't talk, prison movie, ex-military, at some point they're going to burn notice him because, you know, God forbid the government or anyone who's, like, working in the FBI, CIA, whatever, like, even acknowledges that they are using informants like that. They'd rather just burn them instead of having that come to light. So it really looks like, it's going to be Joel Kinnaman against all sides, pretty much. And I just think it looks badass. I, I, on top of war movies, I like prison movies as well. I don't know why. Like, those two categories are probably some of my favorite categories of movies other than, obviously, like, the comic book genre. But, yeah, I was super excited to see this. I've been tracking this movie since it was formally called Three Seconds, like, when they started uh, showing the promo photo of Joel Cinnamon about a year ago, and then they changed the name to The Informer, and I've been really excited to finally see trailers for it. So um, if you guys don't know, Joel Kinnaman is essentially like a black belt in martial arts, so his stunt moments, I think, are just so great. If you haven't watched Hannah on Amazon Prime, I will admit, if you saw the movie Logan, that's the exact freaking concept for the show, but just seeing him, oh, and also Alter Carbon, it will prove to you that he is really good at action scenes, and I think that's what we're going to see in The Informer. Yeah, the only thing that didn't really um, excite me from the trailer of The Informer, thank you, Tia, um, <laughs> I've never been high on Common's acting. Uh, I think he, he can act. Um, I just think Common for some strange reason, finds roles where he sounds like Common in every one of his roles. Um, it's always very monotone. 
Uh, I just I've never really been uh, too drawn to to comment as an actor. Um, I will say, before good. you go any further, I'm sorry. There was a movie that came out a few years ago called Run All Night, and it stars Joel Kinnaman, um, Boyd Holbrook, Liam Neeson, and Ed Harris, and Colin is in that, and he plays a pretty, like, badass mother effer in it. So if you're looking for maybe, like, a better performance of his, I think Run All Night is, like, a good movie to kind of get that from him. I kind of, I view Colin the same way I view Keanu Reeves. I kind of just like him in exactly what he was in in John Wick. Like, that's what I prefer Common to be in. Uh, I don't really much. Um, just be really cool looking. Be You know, have that bravado. Um, just beat people up. Like, that's, that's kind of all I really want to see out of the two of them. And I'm not saying that they're not good actors. Because, uh, again, it's just from my stance, maybe I, I haven't seen something with Common that would really, uh, you know, convince me otherwise, but my two favorite common uh, movies that aren't necessarily his movies, but that he's in, uh, is Smoking Aces and John Wick. And you could really guess the commonalities between the two. Um, so I, that's just me. But this movie looks really, really, really good. Um, a lot of suspense, a lot of action, um, and it does look like a really good story. So I'm definitely going to see this. Kanan, what were your thoughts to be informed? Um, I'm sorry, I didn't do my homework and see that trailer, so I apologize. I can't talk about that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, I'm I'm busy I'm busy doing enough stuff. I don't have time to watch trailers. Like tomorrow, I will post the Knives Out trailer and the Jumanji trailer, and I probably won't get a chance to watch them um, until Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, it's just I post it and watch everybody else get excited, but I just don't get a chance to really watch them. So uh, I apologize. But I love Joel Kinnaman. Uh, I think it looks really good, um, you know, based on the little bit, you know, that I saw um, because Tia did an article on it. But I haven't had enough to really watch it and and judge it, so I I do apologize. You can just go take, like, a bathroom break or something and then watch your trailer that way. That's how I watch most of my trailers. I run to the bathroom, (laughs) watch it, and then come back. (laughs) I think you do a lot of stuff from the bathroom, apparently. (laughs) <laughs> including uh, including your stardust. It's my only time to get away. <laughs> I will I will I will say this. Uh, first of all, Ken, we're we're gonna edit that out. We don't need the fan base that you didn't see these trailers. Uh, we're gonna joke. edit that out. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So then, see. I guess I'll start with you again on. Um, <laughs> Black and blue. <laughs> What's your thoughts on this trailer for Black and Blue? So again, like I've always told you guys in any podcast we do, I'm pretty shameless about the actors that I obsess over. So obviously Frank Grillo is in this, and I thought like because he's in a lot lately. I don't know if you guys noticed, but like a lot of trailers that are coming out has him involved. He's in that Anthony Mackie. Uh, Netflix movie, he has another movie that he is another, another, whatever. But, you know, Frank Grill is one of those guys that, you know, I like him, but he's not always in the best movies. But I thought this looked really good. Um, I like the whole concept of you have this rookie cop who is kind of torn between um, her being a cop and then her also being 
you know, African-American, her community kind of uh, looking like they uh, reject her because she's a cop. But then her having to deal with these corrupt cops, which Frank Grillo is going to be kind of the lead in that. And she witnesses the death of this young kid. And obviously uh, there's just so many police that are on Frank Grillo's side and she doesn't really know who she can exactly trust. So she has to team up with someone very unlikely to kind of do so. So I thought that whole concept was really good. I think it's very um, telling of of today's society. We have the whole uh, uh, body cam thing with police being factored into there. So I really liked it. Um, You know, um, do I think it's going to be the best movie? No, because there's this one scene in the trailer when she, I don't know if you've seen it, Joanne, but where she gets, like, knocked off and, like, falls down um, into, like, a pile of rubble, and that looks very much CGI. And it just, for some reason, really bothers me with movies that it's so obvious when something is CGI when we had a freaking Pokemon movie that looked so freaking realistic. I just don't understand how other movies can slack on that shit. But besides that, I just think that it looks like a good movie to kind of be at home and if you want to watch something that's action-packed um, with some conflict in it, and I think it would be a pretty good movie to do so. So, yeah, um, I'm excited to see it out of that movie and then the movie with Anthony Mackie for Netflix, which I think is called Point Blank, Point I forget. But out of the two of those, I thought that Black and Blue looked a lot better. Yeah, I, I will say this trailer – the premise of it looks good. I love how culturally uh, significant it is, but I don't know. It just didn't really do it for me. I don't know why. Um, I didn't, you know, I, it's not like I didn't like it. Um, I will say, though, one of the bright spots is seeing the Festa Williams. Love me some of the Festa Williams. Shout out to Black Lightning. Um, so just for that, I think I might go see it. Um, and support my culture. I mean, I really wish he was still our Luke Cage. Um, so any anything oh, yeah. I can do to help help support uh, did, Mike Coulter. But, how the hell could I forget that Mike Coulter was in my bad? Because he looked so good as this, like, I don't know what he's supposed to be, if he's like a pimp or a drug lord or something, but he has that, like, really puffy jacket. He has, like, that beard and the sunglasses. I was like, wow, he looks badass right now. So, yes, sorry, I completely forgot that he was in it, but he, like, I'm really interested to see him in this, uh, in this role, because I feel like we mostly see him as the good guy, so to kind of see him in more of, like, the bad guy role, I think it would be really interesting. Yeah, he also has a TV show, uh, on CBS coming out later this year, uh, also, kind of like a mm-hmm. scary paranormal show, so Mike Colt is out there working. Huge shout out to him, hopefully one of his upcoming projects sooner rather than later will be Luke Cage again. But nonetheless, the trailer did look interesting. Um, I did not like it. I think what I'll do, see is I'll wait till you see it, see, uh, read your review, and then, like, if it's, if it's glowing, I'll go out and see it. If you're kind of like, eh, no, not really, then I'm not missing out on anything. Um, but no. all right, let's uh, – oh, wait, about <laughs> Skip Cannon. <laughs> I kind of already know your answer, Cannon, but <laughs> – <laughs> Did you see Black and Blue trailer? Uh, I did not see the Black and Blue trailer, but but I can talk a little bit about 
you know, the movie as far as like me being excited about it. I love, I just love corrupt cop type movies. I feel like, the, and I feel like this movie is also missing, uh, like they put Tyrese in this movie, but I, I want them to kind of go back to the early 2000s and uh, late 90s and throw DMX in here. Can we get DMX to maybe join this movie uh, or even possibly Jet Li? Um, you know, just some cool throwbacks. Um, uh, and also, Juwan, you kind of, I think you got to put the Mike Coulter, Luke Cage stuff to rest. I think those actors have kind of come to the realization that they're not going to play those roles anymore and they're kind of doing other stuff. So I think we should support them because I think Kristen Ritter, uh, you know, pretty much said it best. I think she's at peace with the decision and that's what we need to be. So. I need you to get no. off trying to cast Mike Coulter for Luke Cage again. No, 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 no. The thing is, I got I was completely over. Like I moved on. I told you if it, if Jessica Jones season three was bad, I wouldn't be having this conversation because it'd be like just move on from from all of them. Like this, it was so freaking good. I want more from these actors. Forget the characters itself. I want more from these actors. That's why I said I would want to go out to support Mike Coulter um, because he is a good actor, um, and we probably won't ever see him as Luke Cage again, which would really suck. Um, but, yeah, we got to do our part to support these actors. I mean, if we're such huge fans of them, let's support their work. Um, but, yeah, uh, you're right. It's time to move on. But, yes, also <laughs> time to move on uh, with our actual topic. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's get into our first topic of the day. Um, looks like we got a possible sighting of um, Taskmaster. I it, it's funny because when I saw the set photo, it could be a Power Ranger, it could be a spy, it, it, it could be anything. It doesn't look at all like Taskmaster. Um, so how we jump to that conclusion so quickly, I don't know. Um, but I'm on the high train. I'd love it to be Taskmaster. Um, but Kanan, what were your thoughts when you first saw the set photo? Did you immediately assume it was Taskmaster? Uh, I mean, if you look at everything there, I mean, it definitely looks like Taskmaster. It looks like Taskmaster more from, uh, like the Spider-Man PS4 game. It's a more kind of combat, uh, armored type Taskmaster, but he, his mask is not it's not so much like crossbones uh, mask where it looks just like a skull, but I mean if you kind of look like it, it looks you know it does look like a skeleton uh, to some degree, and he he does have the hood. Uh, the hood is actually off, but you can see it behind him, um, and it looks very similar to Taskmaster's hood. Uh, I have some people speculate that it's Darkhawk, um, but in a lot of the Casting breakdowns and a lot of the rumors leading up, Taskmaster was always speculated to be, you know, was going to be in this movie as the villain. Uh, I just hope that he's done right. I don't want to. I don't want him to be wasted um, at all. Like I want him. I want us to be able to say he was in Black Widow. He could definitely be in a follow-up movie. Uh, so to speak. I don't really want Marvel just to do this as a fan service. Like, oh, we threw uh, Taskmaster in this movie, but he really didn't do much, or he really was just a jobber. Um, I don't I don't want to see that um, whatsoever. 
I, I mean, it's still a possibility it's not Taskmaster, but, I mean, it really does um, look like a kind of a combat version of him. So, and you yeah. got to remember, a lot of those set costumes, they're not the best because they go back and they fix them in post. How many, um, uh, remember we saw those uh, um, set images of Black Panther for Civil War, and remember how crappy the suit looked? And then uh, once they actually brought him in, um, and did the movie, you know, we saw that, you know, it was changed. And also, this could be a stunt actor. Like, the stunt actor suits a little bit more bulky, a little bit different to protect them from debris and stuff like that. Um, so you can't really just go by set photos. We have to really see the final, uh, you know, the final product. But Black Panther's outfit looks great in Civil War. Um, so I'd, I'd, you know, you can't go by set photos. No, I completely agree with you on that. Um, and to me, it wasn't even that it looked bad or anything. It just didn't definitively look like Taskmaster. But I will ask you one more thing. Um, do you know or do you have an idea on the time frame that this takes place in? That is Danny? the that is the that I'm here. That is the hardest thing to um, to to pin down as far as because there's been some uh, set images with the vehicles being more today's vehicles. Um, so there's speculation that this might take place in between Infinity War and Endgame. And there's also some that say it's, you know, it could take place um, beforehand. So like we could definitely see like a flashback um, and then, you know, we see what happens um, today. Uh, I don't really see how it really how it takes place between Infinity War and Endgame. I have some uh, some other people say that it takes place between Civil War and Infinity War. That could possibly be. That would um, make more sense. You know that could possibly be. Uh, you know what happens. Uh, I would see. I you would know because like she's on the run. I honestly can't even like like it to take place between Winter Soldier in Civil War, um, mainly because there's, there's a huge, well, not a huge, but there's a gap in what she was doing in between mm-hmm. that. If you go Civil War into Infinity War, well, we know what she was doing, and we also know that she had a lot of help with her. So that wouldn't really, because you would have to explain too much. But I think the best timeline that could be somewhat uh, recent is between Winter Soldier and Civil War, because we don't know what she was doing in between that time frame. That we, we know Sam and Cap went to look for Bucky, but we don't know what she did. So I think that would be the best thing, the best time frame. Um, but before we go any further, let me introduce Nick. What's going on, Nick? What up, though? What's going on, man? No, nothing much, man. Just following this NBA free agency, looking for houses, doing adult stuff. It sucks. I'm glad I get to take some time away to talk to you guys. I'm super glad you came on, man. Um, so I, I, I want to start by asking you, uh, before I ask you your opinion on if you think uh, the set photo was Taskmaster, if you think he's going to be yes. in the movie, I want to mm-hmm. ask you time frame. Uh, what me and Kanan were just saying. You what already do you know think my opinion on this. On the time frame? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm 100% with you. I think if it takes place between Winter Soldier and Civil War, it's a way better spot. I hundred percent agree with you on this like it, it there is just this huge gap between her saying bye to Bucky 
at the end of Winter Soldier, and then her reemergence in Civil War to where there's really no explanation. There's no there's there's no um that there's nothing going on in the timeline that prevents her from doing anything. So you're not tied down by any sort of measures as far as well, we have to explain this, we have to explain that, we have to like no. Like all like all you got to do is say, okay, shield is no longer a thing. It's been compromised. She's going back into like her um her past, her like rogue agent spy um self. Um and you can have some like cool flashback sequences that set everything up for that. Um that just makes the most sense to me if you were not doing a like pre Iron Man two prequel. Right, yeah. I mean, because it, it's just one of those things to where it's like you want to find a pocket of time, and the explanation of the storyline could just be her past coming back to haunt her. Um, right. And you know, and it's at a time to where it's like, well, Cap is busy, Stark is busy, uh, Falcon is busy, Winter Soldier is busy. Like, I can't call right. and say, "Hey, come help me." Um, right. It's perfect. Thor at that time would be off world. Uh, Hulk is off yep. world. Perfect time to where she has no help. Maybe Hawkeye, but I don't think he's going to be in this, so that's out of the question. But she's on her own. She has to get this done on her own, and this so is I the best would, time to do it. I guess it would actually it would actually take place between um, Age of Ultron and um, uh, Civil War, because Age of Ultron's after Winter Soldier, right? No, I think Age of Ultron was before. I think. I don't think so. Maybe, I'm pretty maybe sure it wrong. was after. Okay. I'm pretty yeah, sure you're wrong no. there. Yeah, probably am. No, but uh, <laughs> Winter Soldier yeah. was at, Winter Soldier was after Age of uh, Wait, no, I'm sorry. No, Winter Soldier was, was before it was before yeah. Age of Ultron, my bad, because they were yeah. tracking down Hydra people. My bad, my bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like it would take place in between those two, but that would still be better. Um for, for all the reasons that you listed, that makes sense it being post-Age of Ultron. Yeah, just find a pocket of time where you don't have to explain anything. <laughs> like, that, that's all right. I'm saying. That's the Kevin point. Feige yeah. sometimes is too smart for his own good, and he confuses us. Don't do that. Don't do any of that. Just find a pocket of time. Nothing has to be explained. Now, as of Taskmaster, um, yes. did you see the, the photo? Yeah, I did. Um, I think, I think it's probably him, and I think this the like Kanan said the 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 reason why the wide speculation is because we already had the like hints that Taskmaster was going to be coming up in some picture. Now I don't know if that's maybe um, maybe like we're we're pushing it as fans, so it's it's like in our forefront of our head, like a like someone like of a recency bias type thing, um, but. Uh, that, I mean, I feel like I agree with you in the sense that it doesn't have the exact look that you would want for Taskmaster, but I think it has enough of the look. Like Kanan said, they can fix a lot of any little things in post, and they do that. Um, that it would just make sense that it would be him. He would be such a formidable foe for Black Widow, um, and I think they could easily work that character into. Uh, like a sort of mercenary role with her backstory incorporated with him being like the the hired gun to track her down um, from 
like a like a, a silent threat uh, that is actually from her backstory. Um, that storyline just makes a whole lot of sense, and it's at least like um, uh, it's a it's a villain that you could use as a throwaway villain, but like people like all of us would be like, fuck yeah, I'd, like get excited for. Um, so it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Um, I think it's probably him. Um, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, you know, throwing us for a loop and it's actually somebody who, you know, we just haven't thought of. Um, but to me, it makes the most sense that it would be him. I will say with, with you saying just our need, uh, or, or our fandom kind of kicking in and us wanting Taskmaster, it immediately made me think of like the guys, the, the guys for Game of Thrones that are directing a Star Wars movie. Like if a set photo came out, uh, came out with a guy with a bald head with just a and fucking all black. lightsaber, yeah, or whatever. Well, we know like, yeah, we, a guy with right. a bald head and all black. I would immediately like, yep, oh, they're giving us the Malvin. movie that we want. That's Malvin. You let you would, yeah, of course. You, <laughs> it, I don't think you can go an episode without dropping Malgus somewhere in it. Nah, <laughs> I can't. But, man. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, you could literally just see a lightsaber, and everyone would be like, "Knights of the Old Republic." Yeah. <laughs> yes, because that's what we all want. So I definitely mm-hmm. get you in that. To me, it's just like if you saw a set photo of um, Iron Man or Cat, like to me, it's just not definitive. Like I can't look at no. it and go, well, it's obviously Taskmaster. Because right. as no, Kanan said before, it does look like Darkhawk. <laughs> so it could be Darkhawk. Um, and let, let's also keep this in See, mind. See, but I don't even know who the fuck that is, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not as, like, I'm not the, the biggest nerd in the world, but I'm, I'm up there, and I have no fucking clue who that is. So, like, that's but what I'm saying. Like, give me, give me Taskmaster. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, what if Taskmaster isn't the only villain we see in the film? Because we mm. just saw, we're seeing with Far From Home, um, they they're throwing in a lot of Spider-Man villains that sure. they're just uh, using as throwaways. Um, sure. Like Hydro-Man definitely was used more than just a throwaway villain in the Spider-Man comic. He's maybe not as glorified as, as uh, Norman, but he's definitely not like Molten Man. Like <laughs> Hydro-Man had a better storyline than that. So to me, what if they um what if uh Darkhawk is like maybe his uh his apprentice since Darkhawk Darkhawk fails. Then in comes Taskmaster. Like I could see something like that. Oh, you like said that. Dark Hawk. Yeah, Dark Hawk. I thought you said Dark Hall. Like H A L L. Okay, yeah, I know who Dark no. Hawk is. Like I thought yeah, you said Dark, Dark Hall. And I was like, who the no, fuck I'm is sorry. that? I don't even know who the fuck that is. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm sorry about that. Dark Hawk. I got I got okay. to uh, get my pronunciations better. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, so, that was that maybe... was the gap there. So I, I I'm with you now. <laughs> It um it definitely could be maybe more than one villain. I my biggest question isn't are we getting Taskmaster or not? Who the hell is David Harbour playing? Like he he said the phrase the thing, and everyone was like, oh my god, he's gonna be the thing, and it's like no, relax, he's not. But who is he right. gonna be? Um is my biggest question. I told you this is gonna sound really racist, so bear with me. Um the black guy that they casted can't remember his name to save my life. I immediately once they casted him, Nick. Um, I know you remember this. I immediately said he is who would be Taskmaster if they uh, were going to put Taskmaster in this movie. Because um, he's one of those actors that isn't a huge name, but isn't like a nobody, and could fly yeah, right well, under the radar. And you I can't remember who him. that was either. I'm sure Kanan knows. Yeah, I, K- Kanan, you, you know who I'm talking about, right? 
You talking about the actor uh, that could be playing Taskmaster? Yeah. No, I do not remember his name. No, all right, it, it's all right. I, I'll look it up. Name, you guys, um, or I'll I'll bring it up uh, before the end of the show. But that's who my my money. Oh, you're talking about the Fag Benelli or uh, Fag and Bell or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. That that yeah is, that yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he I think he is who um is rumored to was rumored when they based on the casting breakdown that he could possibly be um the main villain. Master, but I mean that hasn't been I mean that hasn't been confirmed or whatever. Right. Yeah, but the 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 headline was that he was cast and was possibly the main villain. They didn't say taskmaster, but they said main villain, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And what's his yeah. name again? It's uh, O.T. Uh, Fagbanelli or Fagenbelli. Fagenbelli. It's F-A-G-E-N-L-E. I'm not real sure how. I'm not real sure how you pronounce it. Oh, we will say this: Geek Vibes Nation is nothing if not horrible with these complex names. So excuse <laughs> us. Um, <laughs> but Tia, your thoughts on the uh, the set photo? Do you think it's Taskmaster? I mean, I don't really know enough to say if it is or isn't. All I have to say is there's been plenty of moments where we've seen set photos and we've judged it before the movie or even the trailers have even come out. In Civil War, everyone kind of knocked um, Crossbones saying that his makeup didn't look like someone who had, like, a building dropped on him. And then we saw the movie and his face was, like, way messed up. And then even when we saw set photos of Captain Marvel and she was in the green outfit and everyone was freaking out wondering, you know, what happened to the classic uh, red and blue outfit, and then obviously we got it. So I think that's too early to say, um, or not so much too early to say, you know, we can surmise that it's past master, master, but I think it's too early to kind of judge the costume because I think as Keenan or something said before, it could be a stunt double. It could be just anything they could go back in and redesign with uh, with effects and shit like that. So I think that if anyone is worried about the costume, I think, for me at least, I think Marvel does a pretty good job at their costume. So I would just kind of have faith in it. I, I will say this, now that you brought it up, Thea, uh, before we move on. The Russo brothers and Feige did a really, really, really lazy job with Crossbones. That was the laziest I've ever seen. <laughs> that, was, that was the most uninspired. Like, they were just like, hey, it doesn't really matter. Just do whatever. Like, <laughs> give them gauntlet hands. I, I don't know. I don't care. Um, that See, was to me, to me, is the person with the worst costume is Scarlet Witch. That's not a costume. You give her a skirt and some knee-high Socks every single freaking movie and called out a costume. Everyone else hey, is like suited look, up and she looks like she's about to go to the mall to hang yeah, out with her friends. Have you seen her? Like, have you seen her costume? Like, in, like no, it's I know they wouldn't gay. be able to. Like, I know they wouldn't be able to do it, but they could have given us something better. I agree. Look, I tell you this: when it comes to Scarlet Witch, I'm more concerned about what comes out of her mouth than I am with what she's wearing. <laughs> Um, so like they just overall either do an accent or don't do an thought. accent. <laughs> yeah, they just overall didn't give much thought for for uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch. 
which sucks because she's a really good actress. But um, yeah, she yeah, is. They, they, they didn't really give her much thought when it came to how she was going to sound and then how she was going to look. Um, so, but anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, more Marvel MCU news. We got uh, word that Selma Hayek uh, was up for a role in the Eternals. Um, now, this is very interesting because I believe all but one of the names, uh, can and correct me if I'm wrong, have just all been speculated. Like Angela, Angelina Jolie is not she, – she hasn't officially signed on. Like Disney didn't announce that she's a part of the movie. That's still a rumor. Um, Richard Madden? Or Marsden, what, what is it? Madden, Marsden, was his last name from Game of Thrones? Yeah, Richard Madden. Richard Madden. Um, I think that was the most concrete of any of the names uh, that we have so far. But to me, this sounds great. Um, this will be one of their more ambitious casts. Um, I thought Guardians was was one of the more out there castings uh, that Marvel has ever had. Because it was just like. You got, like, possibly the most random of names, uh, but it works so well. So this is like, all right, you're going for home runs. Let's see how it, how it all plays out. But, um, Nick, I'll start with you. Selma, uh, what, what are your thoughts on her possibly joining not only the MCU, but uh, the Eternals? The Muse! Yes, I fucking love it. Um, uh, serendipity. Like, dude, it would be fucking awesome. I love Selma Hayek. Um, I think, I think that would be great. Um, she hasn't been in anything in a while. Um, so it'd be nice to like, see her like on screen again, especially in such a prominent role, um, or at least maybe not in a prominent role, but a prominent film. Um, so I would be super, super like geeked for it. Um, I, I think she's a, a great actress. Um, I, generally like her role choices like I just I genuinely enjoy probably like 90% of the films that she chooses to do um and that's like to, to me like uh, kind of arguably more important than how good of an actor you are is like what roles you choose um like you know Nick Cage is a great actor but he it just constantly chooses shitty ass roles in movies that I could give a fuck about um so like but <laughs> Selma Hayek, you know, she's she's kind of a lot more choosy with her stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would be totally down for it. Uh, I, I'd i be interested to, like, actually figure out who she's playing. Um, but like I said, man, like, just make her just make her the muse. She's, she's serendipity. <laughs> that would be, like, such an awesome allusion to dogma that I, I just would be <laughs> so over the moon about it. Yeah, I will say at some point Feige's gonna run out of uh, superstar names to put in <laughs> to put in his uh, his Marvel yeah. films. He's gonna have to start creating uh, yeah. new actors to, <laughs> to to be in these movies. Um, but we also now have Joel. What's going on, Joel? What's up? How's it going, man? I'm here. <laughs> it's going well. You are indeed here. Thank so you. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> I I will ask you, Joel. Um, do you have any thoughts on who Selma could be playing, and how uh, how excited are you to see her possibly join the MCU? Uh awesome! And uh, it was great to hear. Uh, I don't know who the hell she's playing, obviously, but if she's one of the Eternals, 
it works out. She hasn't aged a bit since her youth, it looks like, somehow. Uh, so I guess it, 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 it makes sense. Uh, so I wouldn't be opposed, to, obviously, to have her there. Um, I, every, every new name that gets added to this roster, uh, this cast at least, is it, just shocking. And I guess they should be names you should know. Cause I think I mentioned to you yesterday, I'm like, this, nobody knows who the fucking Eternals are. I didn't grow up liking the Eternals or knowing much about them to begin with. So you got to sell people on, on uh, some names. And right now you got a couple names to go by. I mean, Angelina Jolie's been attached. I guess Tom Hayek who's attached. Richard Madden from Game of Thrones is attached. So, and then you, uh, I think Kumail and Johnny is attached, and some Korean actor is attached. But that's that's all we've gotten so far, and we have no idea who anyone's playing aside from people thinking that Richard Madden is playing Icarus and Angelina Jolie is playing um, Cersei. But aside from that, we we don't really. That's all we know, and I can't wait to know more. And we probably won't know anything more till San Diego Comic Con when they'll officially announce all this stuff that's been leaking. Yeah, I kind of feel like I, I, I at this point, um, you know, all we're going to continue to hear is rumors until they get up on Hall H and definitively tell us. So, like, I think what it, what's mm-hmm. going to happen is any more names that they that they give us, I'm kind of just going to go, yeah, 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 whatever, sounds great. But I'm going to wait till Feige steps out on that stage and goes, no, 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 this is your cast for E-Term. Because um, I'm with you, man. I mean, that's why I said I have to give Kevin Feige so much uh, credit because not only did he start the MCU with characters that no one really cared about, um, he has now grown the MCU with characters that people didn't know about. Not only care, mm-hmm. they just didn't know existed. No one knew about the Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy before James Gunn did it. Like, maybe 2% <laughs> knew about the Guardians. And I think at this point, right. maybe 1% knows about the Eternals. Um, I think a lot of people would even forget that the Eternals was mentioned in Guardians. Um, so at this point, I kind of just think it's like when we see it, it's an MCU movie. Hopefully it's really good. It makes people want to go back and find out. But as of now, right, right. it's like, I don't know who the hell these people are. Um, but uh, Thea, I'm going to go to you next. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on Selma possibly getting a role in the Eternals? I mean, if that's true, the Eternals is coming out of the gate with some serious people in it. I mean, that's insane. Like, to have Angelina Jolie and Selma Hayek, and if they actually do get Keanu Reeves in it, and you have Richard Madden, I'm like, holy shit. Like, they're like, we know that you don't know who the Eternals are, and we're just going to make sure that you want to come see this regardless just because of the amount of actors we have in it. It almost though makes me nervous because kind of the uh, joy of the MCU is having these quote-unquote no-name actors start off in it. And what I mean by that is someone posted up a not too long ago an article when the first Thor came out and it's, you know, called Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston no-name actors. Well, now they're massive freaking stars. And uh, that is Kind of, and I don't mean to take like a negative here, but just when I heard that, that was the first thing I thought about. That are we having too many like big name actors? Like, is Selma Hayek and Angelina Jolie really going to stick with a franchise for ten years like Robert Downey Jr. did? Well, I'll say this: Angelina Jolie, who's I think been in maybe two movies in like the past decade, 
if she says yes to this, it's because she um, she really enjoys what she read. Um, so I trust that, and I trust Kevin Feige. So um, the fact that we were able to get all these Avengers movies with with massive names and it work out, um, I I just have faith. I have faith. Um, and like I said, Angelina Jolie, who I literally think has only been in Maleficent <laughs> in like the past ten years, um, if she says yes to this. And again, we don't know. Eternals is a movie that takes place eons before anything in the current MCU timeline. So who knows? Who knows if you know what characters come you know come to the present? We don't know any of it. Um, to be fair, I don't. I barely know anything about Eternals at all. Joel schools me on on what he knows, and I think Joel doesn't know that much um, about them. So it, it all depends. It all depends. I don't think a lot of the actors that sign on. Um, are currently signing on for as long as RDJ and, and Chris Evans. I also don't think those guys knew they were going to be a part of this universe as long as they have. Um, so who knows? We don't know. But Angelina Jolie in the MCU movie, sign me up for it. Um, but all right, <clears throat> excuse me, let's move on. We got some more stuff to talk about. Let's talk about my notes can pop up. Thank you. Um, <laughs> this one was the most confusing because a lot of people hated it, and I didn't really know why people were looking forward to the movie to begin with. But, Joel, uh, actually, no, no, Tia, I'm going to start with you. Um, we got a report that Melissa McCarthy is in talks for Ursula for the Little Mermaid live-action movie. Um, so I'm going to ask you two questions, Tia. Your thoughts on the possible casting, and do you are you really looking forward to the Little Mermaid uh, live-action movie? Um, well, after the news of what they're doing to the live-action Mulan movie, uh, I wouldn't be excited for any of these Disney live-action movies right now. But anyway, that's not the case. Uh, I mean, this is, like, blasphemous because, like, every girl that I know and grew up with, like, counts The Little Mermaid as, like, their favorite Disney movie of all time. And I'm like, have you seen Lion King, Mulan, Hercules even? But anyway, so, I mean, to me, that's just not generally that interesting. But they could make it pretty good. I mean, if they got the same people behind Aquaman, like, visually, it'd probably be really cool looking. But I don't know why this report got so much hate. As soon as I heard Melissa McCarthy, I'm like, she'd be perfect for it. I thought she'd be really good. I think that she has the personality and she can tap into that, like, evilness that Ursula exhibits. I think that it would be a really good choice if you wanted to have, a, you know, a well-known name attached to it um, to develop this well-known Disney villain character. So, to me, I don't understand why anyone hated on it, really. I mean, if you want to shed light on that, be my guest. But I thought it was a really cool casting decision, um, you know, if it actually happened. Yeah, I mean, and then what made the hate even funnier was the names that followed. They were like, no, no, no I would rather Queen Latif or, or uh, you know, someone like that. And I'm like, what? Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but... um. Nick, I'm going to go to you. Your thoughts on the casting and uh, with how much I know you enjoyed the the Jungle Book, um, are you looking forward to a Little Mermaid um, live-action movie? I'm like, no, not really. I mean, I don't really look – I don't look forward to any of these live-action movies like a lot. Like I'm I'm like a Redbox guy with any of these 
Like, because I've seen it. You're not giving me anything I haven't seen before. You're just giving me a different take on it. And so I'm not going to rush – like, I'm not, like, a big nostalgia guy, so I'm not going to rush out to go see any of these movies. This is, I'm just not the market for these movies. That being said, um, I think she's perfect. I think she'd be fucking amazing. Like, to me, like, I, like, I look at Melissa McCarthy as, like, the, like, female equivalent to, like, Jonah Hill, where they both got their start in comedy – um, they both branched out and were able to successfully do dramatic pieces, and, like, they just uh, have the ability to, like, show so many different sides to them. This would, again, be, like, an evolution, like, a different side to her acting ability, so I think it would give her, like, a new challenge. Um, I think that, you know, that's one of the reasons why I was so hyped for The Kitchen, like, was because she was cast in it, and, and I, you know, when I saw the trailer i was like holy shit dude, this is badass she was awesome like um and and you know i just i i, I genuinely uh, think that like comedic actors uh usually transition very well into dramatic roles um because i i just feel like comedy um is equally hard if not harder than drama um and you know i think she'd be fucking great for this role i really really do um, and I, I think people, like, people just don't like her because, you know, she's been in a few movies that are, um, uh, subpar, uh, and, and she's, like, kind of an outspoken, this is just my interpretation of why people don't like her. She's an outspoken feminist, and she's not, like, she's not what you would consider attractive. So she's, like, an easy mark for people to, like, not like and to, you know... Say, talk shit about and everything, and you know, like I, I, I don't like the hate against her. I think she's actually a really fucking amazing actress, and um, I, I, I don't know. I just wish people would shut the fuck up. Like, I get it. You didn't like Ghostbusters, 2016. Like, like most, a lot. I mean, a lot of people didn't. Um, but you know, like it, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be like a mark on her. Um whole acting career because she didn't like one movie she was in or two or three or whatever um but like i you know i think all of us here like we we recognize the talent that she she is and and um just me personally i totally agree with Tia. i think she would be great for this role yeah and it's funny uh because i was just saying earlier when we were doing trailer talk that the first thing i'd ever seen of eric Bana was The Incredible Hulk. And that movie is just so bad. Um, and I didn't think, think he was... Hulk. Betty, oh, Hulk. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, Hulk. Um, I, I didn't think anyone was good in that movie, like acting-wise. Um, no. And it took time for me to see his other movies for me to go, oh, man, he's a really good actor. Yeah, like, like go watch the same Munich, life. go watch fucking Troy. Like, he's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and Melissa McCarthy is the same way. Like, you know how much I despise uh, Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, it was bad. But it was very it, good. I don't think it was her fault. I don't think it was any of the actresses' no. fault. Because if you follow funny. any of them individually, um, they're really good actresses. Uh, mainly yeah. uh, Kristen and uh, Melissa. I'd put at, the, at the top of that. Yeah, Melissa yeah. McCarthy. And I, I would throw um, – Shit, what's her name? Uh, Hillary Clinton on Saturday Night Live. She's a lot of yeah, other I know different who you're things. Talking about. Yeah, she's fucking amazing. 
I can't remember her name. Yeah. I'm, I'm just blanking, but yeah. But um, but yeah. So to me, I'm I'm completely with the both you and McKinnon. you. got yes. There you go. Thank you. Um, you got to give them a chance. And to me, like this isn't a movie to where even if I thought Melissa McCarthy wasn't that good of an actress, I needed that good of an actress for. Um, so I was never high on the Little Mermaid. Like to me. If you get Sebastian right, I'm. I think I'm good. Like that was the best thing I liked <laughs> out of the entire movie. Yeah, you, um, gotta, you gotta get that voice right. That's for sure. <laughs> so, to me, for her and Ursula is just like, all right, yeah, cool, let's let's do it. Um, but Joel, um, I don't know if you ever told me you <laughs> you you ever liked The Little Mermaid, but um melissa mccarthy possibly being ursula does that bother you or you just like i can care less (laughs) it doesn't bother me at all no um i grew up on the little mermaid it's probably one of the first disney movies i actually remember seeing (laughs) like paying attention to uh as a kid um so no i mean it it wasn't it wasn't my first choice like i wouldn't add she wasn't someone i was I would think about as Ursula, but I don't think she'll do a bad job by any means. I am very, I'm very curious to see how it plays out and how it looks. I've liked a lot of the Disney adaptations thus far. I mean, I've, we've heard rumors recently about what they're doing in Mulan, um, which I'm not a big fan of. But aside from that, I mean, I, again, most of the the remakes have been good, uh, at least for me. Um, I'm not a big Maleficent fan, but, you know, it's getting a sequel, and I did something, and I did something to warrant a sequel, so there you got that. But um, uh, Little Mermaid, cool, sure. I I can't wait to see it, you know, honestly. And to me, the funniest thing is, if they don't like the casting of Ursula, or the possible casting of Ursula, they're just in for a real rude awakening when they actually cast uh, uh, Ariel. So God yeah. bless all you haters out there, because I can almost guarantee you're probably not going to like that either. Um, but I, yep. I'm glad you and Tia brought Pretty that sure. up. I I did want to touch on on the rumors of the Mulan live action movie possibly not having the little dragon, possibly also not having any the, of the little original dragon. Song. Whatever his name is, Mushu. Mushu Obviously, it's I, I not care. a problem for you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what his name is. I don't remember his name. Obviously. I haven't seen Mulan in forever. Um, but um, I do want to talk about that only because it's like sometimes it, in Hollywood, they try their hardest to be too different. Um, and it's kind of like, I, who are you making these movies for? You guys know I ask this question every time. Uh, they do a live-action movie or they do a movie based off of uh, something that was a movie before. Um, it's just, who are you making this movie for? Because I can almost guarantee you, my generation, you guys' generation, the generation underneath me, all of them have seen Mulan, the animated movie. So it's like you taking out the original songs, you taking out some of the characters. Who are you making this for that you think will enjoy any of that? Um, so to me, it's just like you doing things like that. You're already putting this movie in a bad place. Um, yeah, Father, so, she, so much. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah. Let me actually start with you. You go ahead and rip them a new one. Um, <laughs> go ahead and give me your thoughts on the possibility that we won't have original songs or some of the original characters. Oh my God, it bothers me so freaking much. Like 
Mulan, as I just said, that is in my top three Disney animated movies of all time. I grew up watching that movie. I watch it, like, to this day uh, when freaking the emperor tells Mulan that she saved all of China. I cry like a little baby. I mean, the whole entire movie, and I guarantee everyone, you know, grew up singing the songs in that movie. I'll Make a Man Out of You is, like, the best freaking song. So I'm just saying, like, you make a live-action Mulan movie, and you're not going to include anything. They're like, oh, it's going to be the instrumentals. Who gives a shit about the instrumentals? Like, why are you then making this movie? Because it's like I was talking about briefly with uh, my boyfriend, and he's like, well, maybe they want to touch upon more of, like, the real-life figure of Mulan. I go, no, it's it's a remake of the Disney animated movie. That's what they said it was, and they are trying everything they can to not do that. And at some point, like, creative liberty is fine. Like, I really like Maleficent and what they decided to do with it, but the fact that you're taking a beloved movie, not including the songs, not including a character, and then I think I had read, you know, a while ago that they're including, like, a love interest that isn't um, the main guy who was in it, Mulan doesn't need a love interest. The stories of her being a badass uh, deciding to fight, you know, so that her father, who was sick, didn't have to. Like, stop with this, like, Hollywood bullshit, pretty much. So, that's my opinion on it. Yeah, I I mean, I I will say this. If you want to take liberties, you're more than welcome to. I'm pretty sure all of us have seen Aladdin now. They took liberties with Jasmine. That wasn't uh, the Jasmine we got from the animated movies. But it was it was an okay liberty. Like it didn't drastically change anyone really. Um, you know, the genie part to me, I didn't really necessarily like. But overall, Joel, we had this conversation when I was at your house. I told you, the songs, the songs were key for me for Aladdin. You had mm-hmm. to not only keep the original songs, but they had to not be dressed like they needed to kind of sound like they were still the same song. Like, don't drastically change the, the temp, like, all that. Make it sound like what I remember. And I felt like it did. Um, so that was the biggest thing for me. So if you're doing live actions based off the animated movies that were heavily influenced by songs, don't take the songs out. <laughs> like, which, I, I don't get that. Like, picture Jungle Book without bare necessity. It's like, it's not Jungle Book. Like, you're just doing a boy with animals. So to me, it's like, just don't strip it of its identity. And if you're now giving, you know, focusing on her having a love interest, I could have sworn, again, I haven't seen this movie in years, I could have sworn the whole purpose was for her to kind of show, I didn't really do this on my own. I don't really need a guy. Right. Like, I'm, no. I'm here to I'm here to stab people in the throat on my own. So to me, That is exactly like, what it was. That's exactly right. what it was. It was Mulan being a badass. And at the very end of the movie, and now I can't remember his freaking name, but he comes to her house, and it's alluded that he's going to stay for dinner, right? But besides that, there right. was none of that shit. He, you know, ended up respecting her as a warrior, and she ends up saving freaking China. But it's like, why are – I'm sorry. Um, it really grinds my gears. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, so I, I'm going to go to you next. Um, what are your thoughts on these possible changes that we could see from a, a live-action Mulan movie? See, I was never, like, the biggest fan of Mulan. Not that I didn't, like, think it was, like, a really well-done 
movie. Um, but I believe it came out in what, like 96, 95, 96, 97, somewhere in that little ballpark. And like, I was just old enough to like, not really be into cartoons anymore. Um, or like cartoon movies or whatever. Um, so like, that was like, it was like Lion King was like the cutoff for me, if you will. Like it was like Lion King's like the last one that I remember being like super hyped for. So like Mulan and Hunchback of Notre Dame and, and Hercules and all those movies, like those are like, I, I've seen them all, but like, I wasn't like, I didn't watch them over and over and over again. Like I did the, the ones before that. Um, so I, I don't have like this, this kind of personal vested interest that, you know, Tia has. Um, but I will say this, like to me, like, the biggest thing here isn't the songs. It's the, like, giving her, like, this, this huge love interest or any, you know, whatever. Like, I, I do remember that not being a driving force of the story and that being, like, a, the, being, like, the big difference of uh, that particular um, storyline. And that that's what would, like, kind of, like, make it kind of made me be like, well, come on, dude. Like, you don't have to do that for every movie. You have a storyline where they actually didn't do it for this particular movie, and you could just follow that storyline and elaborate on it a little bit, but you don't have to, like, like it, you don't need that. Like, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Um, and just personally for me, like, when you're remaking these movies, um, even if they're maybe not, like, the big cult classics, like Aladdin or Lion King, you could probably still keep the soundtracks. Um, the, the the broad audience that you're appealing to um, are, are going to be the people like who love the movie from the beginning um, and want to introduce it to their children. And so, like, I, I just don't think you should stray that far away from the source material. I think Jungle Book, like, really just did it best because, um, like, they utilized all of the particular storylines elaborated on it a little bit, included the big songs, omitted some little songs, and just it, it just worked. It was it it felt like the original movie, um, but it had like a, a, a few little new flavors to it. Um, like I personally, for me, like I would just prefer to like sit down and watch the cartoon. Um, like I love the Beatles vultures, like you know, like I love all that kind of shit. Um, but. Uh, but nevertheless, I think it, it came as close to possible as you could do it justice in, like, live action. Um, and I think they shouldn't stray too far away from that formula. Yeah, to me, it's just like – it goes back to what I said. You're just being different for the idea of just being different. And it's like, right. no, there's yeah, no need just, for that, it. Just make a new story. Like, just, you know, like, just you, – you don't have to remake Mulan. You could just think – make a totally new Disney movie that's a live-action Disney movie that we've all never seen before. You know, like, like I would hope that's coming down the pipes at some point, that you're not just going to keep recreating everything. Let's, let's throw some new shit in there. Um, I don't know. I, I, like, I think if you're going to go that far off the rails, just use all that shit that you're taking off the rails, all these songs you're doing, and just make a different story. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, Disney has to get back into that of the idea of making just make original stories. Um, live actions are cool. I get it. You know, you're doing it because you know it'll be uh, this huge box office success. Maybe you're doing it so the younger generation has something that's 
they feel close to the same way that we felt close to the animated movies, whatever. Sure. But to me, it's like, just don't strip the identity. <laughs> like, right. It's simple. Like, I remember telling Joel, one of the biggest things is, like, if one jump isn't in Aladdin, I'm going to be pissed. Like, right. You know, yeah. that's, that's that my favorite song, song in the whole important. fucking movie. Yeah. Right. That song is important to that story. It was so in the movie, like, right? Yes, it was. Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Um, so it's like, if it's not in there, it's like, just do your own story and leave that. Leave Aladdin alone. Just make your own uh, Disney character. That way you right. have, you know, you can do whatever you want. Um, but Joel, with, with you having seen Jungle Book, with you having seen um, Aladdin, uh, how upset would you be if they essentially are stripping Mulan of of kind of its essence? Um, by taking away its original song, some of its original characters, um, you know, with us seeing Aladdin not do that and Jungle Book not do that, seemingly Lion King not doing that, why would they choose Mulan? Which, again, would be huge for today's time where girls are looking for characters like that that stand on their own, that aren't necessarily uh, dams on distress. That's why I think Aladdin made those tweaks. Um, why would you want to change any of that? <laughs> like, that's the movie where you spotlight the idea that this fierce female character stands on her own, wants to be respected as, as, as one of the others. Why would you want to change any of that? Uh, I don't know about that aspect of it. I, I would have to see the movie before I judge that choice, because uh, apparently it looks like they're just swapping out characters. Um, and, um, Again, I don't I don't know much about that, uh, and I remember them casting the White Prince in Aladdin and rolling my eyes, and he ended up being really nothing in the movie. So that's why I'm not really trying to judge what they're doing until I see what they do. Um, and um, the songs, I would have prefer the songs in there. Uh, I I think that was the one thing I didn't like about Cinderella. Cinderella didn't have the songs either, and it was still a good movie. I just I just because they didn't have the song, I felt like it was missing something. So uh, that's probably how I'm going to feel about Mulan. Uh, but Cinderella still was good, regardless. Um, it, and I think that this movie could be the same. I have more of an issue with Mushu not being in the movie uh, as a little dragon, as you like to call him, because that's what he is. Uh, that bothers me <laughs> way more than anything else that we've talked about. Today. I don't give a fuck about anything else. Mushu, the little dragon, is important to this damn movie. <laughs> way more important to me, at least. <laughs> I'm also reading what you put in the group chat, Joel. You're just a funny person. Um, yeah, no, it'd be, it'd be the equivalent of having Aladdin and there's no Abu. It's like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Um, so yeah, just moral of the story, Disney. Stop trying too hard. Just if you're gonna if you're gonna take movies that already exist, stick to stick to them. Take a few liberties, um, you know, but don't don't do too much. And I agree with you, Joel. The White Prince did turn out to be nothing. So it was like, all right, shoot. <laughs> Look like you guys are going in, in the, the worst possible direction with some of these castings, but everything panned out, and I did thoroughly enjoy that movie. So, um, you know, bravo to them, because uh, they could have easily screwed that up. Um, but all right, let's 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 move on. We got one last topic here. Let's uh, Let's talk. Paul Rudd gave us an announcement in possibly one of the more corniest ways uh, that he will be joining the cast of the new Ghostbusters movie. Um, 
I don't know really what to say. Um, I guess this is great. Uh, Paul Rudd is really funny, uh, really good actor also. So I guess he's going to be a great addition to the team. Um, but Joel, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on Paul Rudd joining the Ghostbusters uh, movie? Awesome. Uh, 100% awesome. Uh, I, I can't wait. Uh, I'm really excited for this movie to begin with because I, I, right. I was I was a big Ghostbusters mark <laughs> as a kid. It was probably one of my first loves as a kid. Um, and, you know, I was a little disappointed with the all-female version of it. Um, I, not, not that because it was all-female. It just happened to not be very good. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, uh, this This one is more will be connected to the old movies, which I loved as a kid, both of them, one and two. Uh, and I just, uh, having him there in some capacity, it can't hurt the movie, in my opinion. You know, it makes, if anything, it makes me feel a little worse because I know it's going to be more centered on the kids. And I'm like, man, now he's probably he's there. It could have been him and you know, other people that could have, we could have had new Ghostbusters, older. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I look forward to seeing what story they have to tell. It looks like the cast is coming back from the original, so I'm super psyched to see um, how it works. I still have to visit that damn firehouse. I have to do that. I haven't done it yet, and I really want to, so it's definitely on my budget list. Yeah, I actually, I know you guys always joke that I haven't, like, seen classic movies. I have seen The Ghostbusters, so that's not one that I missed out on. So I I guess this is trying to pull for that uh, nostalgia, Um, but... To me, it just all comes down to how you do it. It does look like this is going to be a lot more serious, maybe a little darker. Um, so, I mean, who knows? But Paul Which Rudd, is how the you, first movie was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, well, all right. To be fair, obviously I didn't see it when it first came out. So when I watch it now, it does feel like a comedy more so than it does like a, a darker kind of movie. Sure, For I mean, then, it's I'm a sure it dark was. comedy, though. It's not, no, no, it's no, not no, a less out loud comedy. The comedy oh, no, no, no. is, yeah, it, it's it's very like interworked into the material, but it's it's by no means like a laugh out loud comedy. Absolutely, it was a lethal comedian. I can, <laughs> I can agree. And, and plus, like the soundtrack, the soundtrack is is straight out of fucking like sci-fi, oh, yeah. like eighties sci-fi horror. Like that's, I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's built as that kind of feel with these comedic actors like filling in. Uh, you know the 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 meat and potatoes uh, with the script, and it, it it just all culminates into something that's fucking excellent. Right. No, I don't I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I'm just saying if you watch it out of its out of its time frame, what we consider dark is not what you would consider if you watched it now. Um, mm. That's that's the, I mean, that's all I was trying to I wouldn't say it's dark. Like I I I just don't. Again, like it is it. I would say it's like a a dark comedy in the sense of um like it 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 is or almost more maybe not even a dark comedy because it's it's only slightly satirical. Um, it does have its moments. Um, but I mean right. it's a serious movie. Like it's not. It takes it's itself seriously. Like it's not wacky. Like the the wackiest right, thing right. in it is the 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 fucking um, the marshmallow dude at the end, the state pub marshmallow <laughs> guy, um, and, yeah. and like that's played for kicks. But like it's like everything that's going on in in that situation is is, mm. is not played for kicks. Like that is 
That is like the, the, the bit of comedic element that they lend to it, but it works so well because of how everything else is set up. Um, right. So, like, I get what you're saying, Juwan, in the sense that, like, it's not dark, it's not it's not scary, and it's I don't think it's necessarily intended to be, like, like scary. It's not intended to be, like, a horror movie, um, even of the time. Like, I mean, that movie came out in 1984. I mean, you, at that time, you'd had, like, Alien and Friday the 13th and, and you know um, – Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all those kind of movies come out. Like it wasn't, it wasn't intended to be any of those, um, but like it, it was intended to have that blend, um, and it just, it totally is the epitome of the perfect blend between um, like scary and and comedic um, without right. it being campy. Uh, over that's the- what I had. That's that's the issue I had with the last Ghostbusters movie. It's, you know, right. It felt it's more slapstick and yeah, it's exactly. too vibrant. Yeah, I, I did not. I was like, oh, this it missed the it point. It felt like a Paul <laughs> like, movie. It did because it, it was. I'm like, oh no. And yeah. like, and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I just for me personally, I really like. Like, I think he did the Heat with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Probably. a fucking hilarious movie. It's great. Like, it's it was. super funny. I thoroughly enjoyed Spy it. Was good too. Um, but like, but you know, like, it, uh, that's not Ghostbusters. That that sort of that same kind of like theme and 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 direction and and style doesn't work for Ghostbusters. And he thought he could just take his style and use Ghostbusters and combine them together, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, no, I don't think you actually answered it, Nick, because we went on a bit of a tangent. But mm-hmm. your thoughts on Hara joining the new Ghostbusters movie? I fucking love it because I think Paul Rudd is the perfect kind of actor to do what they did in the original Ghostbusters movie, which we talked about ad nauseum for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, like, no, I mean, I really do. I think he's. He's a very good situational actor. If you see him in, in movies like, say, I Love You, Man, um, where he plays this, like, very kind of straight-laced by-the-book dude who, you know, he's getting married, and he, he meets this, this guy, and Jason Siegel, and kind of introduces, like, becomes friends and everything. Um, he, he, he implements situational humor very well. Um, he does it really well in role models. Um, he, he's oh, really man. good at it. <laughs> He's really yeah, fucking good at it, and I think he would be – he's like the perfect style of actor that I would want them to choose to be like a prominent role in a new Ghostbusters movie. Um, yes. Now, with them saying it's going to focus on – it's going to focus on like teens being the, – the Ghostbusters that has been like the um, the the thing that, that, you know, that they kind of led with when they first, um, when, you know, when yeah. announced it. Um, like I don't know – what his role will be or how prominent his role will be. Um, but nevertheless, whatever his role is, I have like the utmost confidence that he is the perfect style of actor that you would want to incorporate into this kind of movie. If it is going to um, genuinely uh, reflect the Ghostbusters of yore. Yes. No, I'm with you. Like adding Paul Rudd to your movie is never a bad thing. Um, Especially this kind of movie Right Um, Tia, your thoughts on Paul Rudd joining The new Ghostbusters film 
Oh, I think it's um, <clears throat> sorry. I think it's a great idea. Paul Rudd is fantastic. I'm a huge fan of his, and I feel like he makes sense for the Ghostbusters franchise. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this movie is, is going to be a lot of a lot of fun, um, and hopefully, it does pull on all the nostalgia from the original. Um, but one last very quick topic I want to throw in: We did get word that Andy Serkis was up. Uh, for a role in um, Matt Reeves' The Batman. Yeah. Who do you think he's going to be playing? Nick, I'll start with you. Uh, well, I'm hoping for Penguin. I mean, that was already kind of announced, and we've all seen the like mocks of how he would look as Penguin, and it seems mm-hmm. like it would be like a super fucking awesome like pick. Um, I think he would be great in that role. If he's not Penguin, though, um, like a mocap clay face, I've seen rumors about that as well. Um, I'd be down for that, especially since it's like a, a character we haven't seen, and he does so well with like mocap characters. Um, it's kind of like his is one of his go tos. Um, so either one of those two, but I, I would definitely prefer Penguin. Fair enough, Joel. Yeah, Penguin. Penguin is one of my preferences. I like him so much as uh, Claw and um, Black Panther. I wanted to see yeah. more of that character. I'd love to see more of him. N- not in mocap. <laughs> like I just want to see him be mm-hmm. himself. I think he could he could do wonders as the penguin and bring a a, a a good feeling to the movie where he can add intensity and some type of maybe like comedic relief at the same time. Something you probably need some levity in the movie. So I, I think that's just something. And he could be in probably more than one movie, you know, because it's just just that kind of character right. penguin that has to be gone, you know, one and done type. So I love and to see penguin. And, and his stature is like such that you could. You could like right. give him give him like uh, like a like what like a fat suit or something to make him a little bigger. Mm-hmm. You could shoot the the film a certain way to make him a little shorter than he actually is. Um, like I think you could do all of that. Anyway. Like his particular build, um, mm-hmm. it, it you know it 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 certainly to me works for the penguin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Fia, let me let you go first. Fia, who do you think? Um, uh, he's going to be. Oh, I think that he would be a great penguin from all the mock-ups that we've seen. You put that uh, that prosthetic on his face to give him that crooked nose. I think mm-hmm. he would be fantastic. Yeah. He would really be a good Coiny. choice. And I, love, <laughs> and I like his age, too, for it. I know that uh, yeah. some people, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. wanted Josh Gad, and even him himself had to kind of tease it for a while, but I think Andy Serkis is at a good age, a good acting stature that he would do really well in that universe as the Penguin. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go out there and, you know, we've heard Clayface because it was a motion capture uh, experience. We've also heard Penguin, as you guys are just alluding to. I'm going to go an out there pick. I'm going to go Mad Hat. I'm going to go with something yeah. that yeah, – um, that he could not only pull off very easily, but would also be a shock because everyone's assuming it's just Penguin. Uh, because right. that just seems like the more obvious one. Uh, Mad Hatter, yeah. Joel, correct me if I'm wrong, was one of the names. <laughs> Say it again? Yeah, Mad Hatter. I said they were hoping more so than assuming. <laughs> no, I'm not hoping for it. I mean, if he's Penguin, that's great. I, I don't have any issue with him being Penguin. No, I'm I'm saying um, people are hoping. Oh, that, oh, okay, that, that okay, character okay. is in it, yeah. I got yeah. you, I got you, I got you. 
Um, Mad Hatter was one of the names of the characters that is supposed to be one of the rumored villains. So I mm-hmm. think he could easily crush that role. Um, and I, I do think, Joe, I, I think I said this to you before. I do think a few of these villains are going to be one time only in this film, and that's it. Um, and I could see Mad Hatter being one of those. And I like think about this: we only saw Andy Serkis in like ten minutes in Age of Ultron, and then in Black Panther, and that was it. He was killed off. That's a villain that could have easily stayed in Black Panther's mm-hmm. uh, Black Panther's world. Um, but they killed him mm-hmm. off. So I would not be shocked if Andy Serkis signed on to be Mad Hatter for one movie, and then that was it. So that's why that's my that's my out there pick for who he sure. could possibly be playing. Um, yeah, I like but, it. Uh, like we all said, we hope it's Penguin, because like Joel said, Penguin could be someone used as a smokescreen for this one. You see more in the next one. Um, and you just, you know, he could be an amazing penguin. And the penguin that I'm thinking he could he could be, Joel, is from um, mm. The Batman. Remember The Batman? Yeah. That animated yeah, movie? That's the penguin right. I could see him being. Um, and, and I, yeah. I think that would be the one I would put my money on they'd be aiming for, uh, rather than right. everyone who assumes it's going to be more so Arkham. I'm going The Batman. That's the one I'm going I for. prefer the Arkham one, because the accent probably would still. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I definitely understand. I, look, as long as he's Penguin, whatever iteration they take from, I'm game. Just get him as Penguin. Um, but Penguin, to me, makes the most sense, because this news comes not that long after Josh Gad saying, like, I appreciate it, guys, but I'm not going to be Penguin. Um, so the idea that Andy Serkis' name is now being thrown out there kind of seems like everything is just fitting into the proper place. Um, but that is all of our topics for today. Uh, Joel, Nick, thank you guys for uh, for definitely hopping on. Nick, I know how busy you were. Joel, I know how busy you definitely are. Um, and Tia, thank you for not only working the boards, but for uh, for joining. We also have uh, Geeks Against the Grain. We're going to be talking about our most anticipated movies that have not come out yet uh, this year. Um, there's quite a few. Um, so stay tuned for that. But, guys, free agency has begun. I'm already going to go throw up after I, I end this show. Uh, but stay tuned for Full Court Press. Stay tuned for Wrestling.